It's time for the big show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. And it's a special Labor Day edition of the big show with our guest, Barry Pollock. Yes. And uh, better known as Mr. Hollywood. That's that's my new nickname. <laughs> because, hey, Barry, now here's the deal, man. We were sitting, we had went to see Johnny Riley uh, play down at the, uh, I can't remember the place where we were at there. MB Speakeasy. There you go. Yeah. And and you, you as uh, usual, you came in just enough late that you commanded attention when you walked in the door. And I noticed this when you came in. Everybody in the place looked over as you were walking in the door because you are, of course, Mr. Hollywood, and you command uh, that attention. So I thought, okay, that's a new name then, Mr. Hollywood. But we, we, we've got the um, – <laughs> we've got this – of course, Barry has was a, a PR, promotion guy, record guy for numerous, numerous uh, record labels – and uh, of course, big, big record labels. Big record labels, yeah. And uh, we're doing yeah. this show in honor of uh, Jimmy Buffett, who just passed away on September one. Uh, and uh, thought we might uh, do something a little special. Barry uh, had uh, ties with uh, Jimmy Buffett, and uh, kind of let uh, kind of let Barry go and, and talk a little bit about that, just a little bit. When did you first meet uh, uh, Buffett? Well, I first met Jimmy. Uh, back about, uh, I think it was about 1972, uh, I was uh, working for ABC Dunhill Dot. They were com- combined labels there. Mm-hmm. It was all operated uh, by ABC, American Broadcasting Company. And it was called ABC Dunhill. And uh, Jimmy had just signed a recording contract with ABC. Mm-hmm. And uh, in Nashville, uh, the division of ABC, and uh, uh, it was the president was a fellow by the name of Don Gant, and he was president of ABC in Nashville mm-hmm. and the country division. And uh, I was living in San Francisco at that time. They moved me to San Francisco from Texas, and uh, uh, Jimmy came out there. Don had produced his first LP. LP. I believe the first one was uh, a white sport coat and pink crustacean. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's great. The crustacean part that that's better known as the lobster. <laughs> right. And uh, right. Jimmy had a had a had a pretty good wit about him, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> uh, he had just recorded that, and they came out to San Francisco working on the uh, trying to get the uh, record played out there on the West Coast. That's when I first met him. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and I guess it it stands true that a lot of stuff starts out in the West Coast back in that day, anyway, and it works right, its way right. eastward. Um, right. I mean, that's how a lot of things well, worked, you know, music well, especially. You bet. And everybody, all the major labels, even uh, you know, had offices out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, had they had one in in San Francisco, and of course, Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so Barry, he, uh, he recorded in Nashville, but they they did not view him as a Nashville country artist, right? Or did they? No, 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 no. They back then that's uh, we had the, what they called FM stations, mm-hmm. and <laughs> on FM, and <laughs> and, uh, and and that was a kind of freeform radio, yeah. And uh, they played everything from uh, uh, you know all the blues acts. Mm-hmm. All the uh, 
they were kind of like uh, almost like in folk music. Mm-hmm. That's what they and and they and they didn't know how to uh, how to promote. Uh, there was a lot of acts that came out that they, they they weren't really country, but they weren't really rock and roll, and mm-hmm. they weren't really underground. They weren't really anything. Right. But they they'd have they'd have uh, uh, these FM stations mm-hmm. would have like a, a like a one DJ a day or maybe two that would go into that kind of, that kind of music. Yeah. Uh, while Jimmy was there, I took him up to a, the big FM station in San Francisco. Uh, it was called, uh, KSAN FM. Oh. And it was, uh, it was run by a guy that was well known in that industry of the radio, Tom Donahoe. And, uh, I, I took him up to the station. It was something really funny that happened at that particular time. Uh, I took him up to the station to, and introduced him and took his new album. And, of course, you know, they'd play a, a cut or two off that album every time. And Jimmy took his guitar with him. And uh, and there was a, a DJ, a lady by the name of Bonnie Simmons, who uh, was the music director of the station. And she played a couple of his cuts off, off his new album. And uh, while he was there... They had another visitor, a guy named Gary Blakely or something that was in in the group America. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, they sang a couple of duets while they were up there. Oh wow, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty cool. interesting. Yeah. They did an America song together, and they did one of Buffett songs together. Oh wow. Do you remember some songs that were on that first album? Yeah, there was a song called "Pencil Thin Mustache." Wow. That was uh that was that got a lot of airplay, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a. Uh, they don't dance like Carmen no more. About uh, it was a song that Jimmy had, uh, and Jimmy had quite a wit about him. And and what he had done was it, his first albums. He, he he wrote songs that were identified to people, and that everybody loved and made him made him smile and made him laugh. And uh, he had quite a wit about him. Yeah, and that was kind of his forte from the very beginning, was the clever, yeah, li- the clever right. lyrics. Uh, he did the, he yeah. did a uh, grapefruit, juicy fruit was a song on there that he he wrote, and he later it. it was kind of kind of interesting, you know. Well, you know, and he kept up that theme as time went along. I mean, Margaritaville that's that's kind of a play off of, you know, uh, sure that, and sure. of course, cheeseburger in paradise, you know, paradise, that was, uh, you bet. Uh, that and was all a, those, yeah. all those old songs. Mm-hmm. He, uh, and that later uh, filled the well with material that everybody loved and, and it, things that people grew up with. Mm-hmm. And it made people smile. And that's the key to all his success. Yeah. And Barry, and, that uh, was your division of uh, ABC Dot, right? You you weren't. You at weren't. That time, uh, right. I wasn't a specific. Back then, promotion people. You know, they, they handle all types of music. Yeah. It's whatever they came out with. They didn't have, uh, they didn't mm-hmm. have a specialty person for it. You know, they didn't have an R&B person. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a country person. Right. They didn't have a pop person. You did it all. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, all the stations. And here's something interesting uh, about Jimmy Buffett, especially Margaritaville and uh-huh. uh, Come Monday. Those two, we played those on country radio back in the late 70s. And oh, yeah. uh, Margaret Margaritaville came out in '77. I got in radio about '79. Uh, we were still right. playing that. Uh, come Monday, uh, we played oh, yeah. that, and you know we well, played. You know, I, while while Jimmy was uh, in the 
the Bay Area there of San Francisco. He was staying uh, with you? Yes, correct. And he finished off the lyrics to Come Monday. He stayed at my house for four or five days. You know, back in, back in those days, you, they, they, they artists did that. Mm. You know, to save to save money mm-hmm. and didn't have to spend all the money that was on the, in their budget yeah. on things like that. They would uh, stay at the promo guy's house. And he did. He finished up writing Come Monday at my house. You know what? Why don't we play that right now? I think that would be a good one to kind of to, to play at this time. Come that's, Monday. That's, that's great. Yeah. I'd like to hear it. Here it is, man. Heading up to San Francisco for the Labor Day weekend show. I got my hush puppies on I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll And honey, I didn't know That I'd be missing you so Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday Yes, it's been quite a summer rent a cars and westbound trains And now you're off on vacation Something you tried to explain And darling, it's I look so That's the reason I just let you go Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you tight I spent four lonely days in a brown L.A. haze And I just want you back by my side I can't help it, honey You're that much a part of me now Remember that night in Montana When we said there'd be no I know that it's pretty up there We can go hiking on Tuesday With you I'd walk anywhere California has worn me quite thin I just can't wait to see you again Come Monday, it'll be alright Come Monday, I'll be holding you That's Jim Buffett on the big show and come Monday. Barry Pollock is our uh, guest and just talking about uh, Jimmy's uh, life and uh, the times out in uh, San Francisco with, uh, with where he stayed with you, right, Barry? That's correct. And uh, uh, it's, uh, I've got a funny story to tell you, an interesting story anyway, about uh, come Monday. 
he was singing about San Francisco and being in San Francisco. And the big pop station out there, KFRC, mm-hmm. never played uh, Kamundi, wow. even though it made the top ten on the pop chart. And what was the uh, reason, or did they have a reason? Uh, the reason, it was programmed by uh, uh, a fellow by the name of Paul Drew. Mm-hmm. And yep. he he programmed all these stations, all these big, all over the country. And it was a, a big hit, hit for him in other stations, mm-hmm. like KHJ in, in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and uh, CKLW in Detroit. And uh, But he never would let them play come Monday. Wow. <laughs> and yeah. he even mentioned San Francisco in the record. Isn't because it was, it, it, he, he thought it was a lot like... Uh, uh, and the whole organization thought it was a lot like a pop uh, a popular song at that time, Please Come to Boston. Oh, uh, yes. I see. By yeah. David Loggins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was too much like, uh, they were too much alike. Right. He wouldn't, yeah. They wouldn't play it. Well, now, when he was out there at your place, did he have a love interest? Did he have a wife or girlfriend? Well, or? yeah. Well, he came back uh, a year or so later from that time, uh, and uh, he brought a lady, uh, lady with him, and he called her Miss Jane, and, uh, and 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 that's right before he released it, and that's who he wrote "Come Monday" for. Oh, okay. And uh, he wrote another song about that. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, something uh, about Livingston, Montana. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember that. And uh, yeah. he uh, spent a lot of time in that whole area. Montana and, and, and California. And so, then, uh, so what was, or did he ever say to you, you know, Barry, I think I'm going to go to Florida and hang out around the keys. Did, did he ever, did yeah, he ever well, say that to you? He, was, it, he had started out, he had started out there long before he, he came to California mm, okay. and he came to California just on, you know, strictly business. Mm. Uh, uh, he came one time and, and was playing clubs, that, and he had there was one club that he would play outside of San Francisco uh, that was called uh, the Lion Share, and in San Anselmo, California, mm-hmm. which was north of San Francisco, in the middle of no place, from the be- in the beaches. And uh, uh, the first time I went out there and and, and, uh, and saw him, there wasn't twenty, thirty people in the whole audience. And he would play solo. He was, he didn't have a band. He would use the phrase. He always had in his mind that his band was going to be called the Coral Reefers, and uh, that's what he named them. But he would sit there and play and sing his songs and say, "Take it away, Coral Reefers," <laughs> and it would be him strumming the guitar. Oh wow! And then, and then later, he he came up with a, a harmonica player, right? And. Uh, he had a harmonica player. It was just that they play as a duo, mm-hmm. him and his harmonica player. Wow. Well, now this thing about yeah. him and uh, this thing about him and boats and uh, the coast. Uh, he yeah. grew up. He grew up on the Gulf Coast, uh, right? Yes, he's originally from. Uh, if my memory doesn't fail me, he's from originally from Pascagoula, Mississippi. Yeah, that's right on the coast, and, uh, near, near Mobile. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how he got down there, and he he, he lived in. Um, he's stayed in Mobile for his early years mm-hmm. and uh, played a lot of places there. And he was, uh, he was quite a, uh, a person, a music person who played, grew up playing on the streets of all these places that he lived. Mm-hmm. And he ended up from uh, Mobile, he ended up in New Orleans. Wow. 
and, uh, and just like a lot of other people, just like a, a, a new country star by the name of uh, Charlie Crockett did the same thing, playing the streets of New Orleans. Hmm. And you start out playing. They wouldn't even let you on Bourbon Street to start off with playing. <laughs> you had to start off of Royal or one of those streets. Right, yeah. Uh, off of Bourbon Street. Wow. And uh, pick a club and start playing. And play right. with it. You'd learn to play with whoever was out there playing. And that's a lot of, so many people got started that way. And then you made it into the actual clubs. Yeah. And they'd actually pay you to play there. <laughs> and, and also tip you to come in there and play. But and that's he, uh, Jimmy got started. He, he did have a college but, education, right? He um, Yes. He, he uh, uh, Once again, I'll try to remember all this, and I learned that from him. Uh, he started, I think, in Auburn University and didn't last very long at all. And uh, and then he went to Pearl, at Pearl, Mississippi. He went to a junior college here in Pearl, I think it was. And ended up in Southern Mississippi, which he, which he later graduated from. He was a graduate of Southern Mississippi. So I've always and, wanted uh, I've always wanted to know, and maybe you know this, or maybe you've you've got, right. got some feelings on this. But the parrot head phenomenon right. was that something he well, did, actually, or was that the fans that that uh, became? Yeah, it was actually somebody who did it that came up with it because Jimmy noticed Jimmy was quite the shrewd businessman, mm-hmm. and later became a uh, just a, a self made conglomerate. Well, they say it's estimated his uh, his wealth to be a billion dollars wow. when he passed away. Mm. So uh, he he got involved with so many, you know, with casinos, hotels. Yeah. Uh, he had just formed a uh, a senior living uh, conglomerate. Wow, going to be all over the country. Mm. Uh, but that's also from his fan base. His fan base. He his music really attracted. The baby mover crowd mm-hmm. that uh, that and they showed up and people would start showing up wearing their Hawaiian shirts and their flip flops right. and they put like uh, they they'd even carry around parrots on their shoulders <laughs> and on their hats they'd have parrots right. and that's where somebody if I'm not mistaken somebody in this band came up with that idea. Wow. And it was a, a kind of a takeoff on the Grateful Dead, you know, with Deadhead mm-hmm. yeah. that would travel all over the country. And, and, and uh, Jimmy being such a shrewd businessman, they really pushed that thing, that idea. Yeah. And that's where the parrot head came from. Well, it definitely stuck. Yeah. And he had followers. He had large, large parrot head following around the Houston area. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. he'd, he'd, oh, yeah. he'd play out the woodlands, every Cynthia Woods. Pavilion out there, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, the, uh, they would show up by the thousands. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> you know? amazing! And uh, yeah, he had another uh, song that we're going to play, and it's uh, you know stories that we could tell. And right. um, well, that's, I think that that's a great song. A very few people have heard it before, and uh, and believe me, a lot of the stories. You know, I, in 1974 or something, uh, ABC moved me from San Francisco, the Bay Area, to uh, L.A. to work mm-hmm. out of the home office there. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that's when things got good, when he would come out and play there <laughs> around the Los Angeles yeah. area. So I have some stories I'd like to tell you about that, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know and, what? And, and, that's, and I think that's pretty much where this that song came from. 
was the era that uh, all the stories we could tell about the the uh, the hotel stays and the right. and the uh, what went on and mm-hmm. some you couldn't tell. Hell, they put you in jail for that. <laughs> Still, yeah. kind of being on the road and uh, writing some songs yeah. and that's just, right. Just that that's kind the of whole, deal there. That's well, the whole thing. well, this is it right here, Jimmy Buffett, and it is uh, stories that we could tell on the big show. Talking to myself again Wondering if this traveling is good Is there something else to doing We'd be doing if we could But all the stories we could tell If it all blows up and goes to hell I wish that we could sit upon a bed in some hotel Listen to the stories we could tell Stared at that guitar in that museum in Tennessee Jimmy Buffett and the stories that we could tell on the big show. We got Barry Pollack with us here and uh, just talking about Jimmy Buffett's life a little bit, uh, his music yeah. and everything. You know, uh, it, this, I'm, I'm ad libbing all this stuff, so it's, uh, sometimes it, it all gets mixed up, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> what, what Jim will tell you about that, yeah. and uh, especially when you become a little older. Yeah. And, uh, uh, 
like I said, about 74, they moved me to L.A. And uh, Jimmy had gotten to be big buddies with uh, uh, Jerry Jeff Walker and the Los Gonzo Band and all uh, Gary P. Nunn and all those guys. And he really became involved. Uh, he, he admired those guys, mm-hmm. admired uh, Jerry Jeff, and how Jerry had, uh, you know, the money he had made from Bojangles, Mister Bojangles. Yeah. Uh, he he spent it. <laughs> <laughs> he spent it as fast as those check mailbox money would come in, and mm. he'd blow through it. You know. Right. right and yeah. uh, there there was a period of time when uh, uh, Jimmy followed him up to followed him to Austin. And mm-hmm. lived up there in Austin. Would stay at uh, uh, Jerry Jeff's house, and, and they later, you know, uh, Jerry Jeff ended up moving to the Caribbean. Or is that the Caribbean? <laughs> some people call it the Caribbean. Some people call it the Caribbean. I don't know. Kind of like potato, patata. Ah, uh, yes, and tomato it, uh, and mater. You know, it, it all depends on where you put the M faces. Uh, there you go. That's what much. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, they, they were, they were staunch friends. You know, of course, Jerry Jeff passed away here quite a while ago. And, and, and something was, was very interesting. Uh, they both uh, lived their lives uh, very similar. Uh, J- uh, Jerry Jeff, uh, after he became popular and everything, uh, fell in love with a young lady, uh, and uh, she straightened his life up. And what happened to uh, uh, Jimmy was basically the same thing. He was first married to a gal that he had met while he was in New Orleans, uh, somewhere down there, mm-hmm. and uh, down south someplace. And, and uh, that's Miss Jane that he had brought to San Francisco with him, who was a model and, and did very well for herself. Mm-hmm. And so they got divorced when uh, uh, they were both quite young in the 70s. And then they didn't remarry. I don't think till they were. It was about ninety-one or something when they remarried. Wow. And she had straightened her life up, and she straightened Jimmy up. Oh wow, that's great! Cool. Hey, let's talk a little bit about they 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 came out uh, with the cause of his uh, of his death. Do you know a little bit about what uh, the cancer that he what, had, or do you know anything? Yeah, about from that? what what I understand, it was lymphoma. And uh, that cancer of the skin, and it was a very aggressive uh, form of it. Yeah. Now, did and, he uh, live? Did he live down in the Keys for a while? Yes, that's correct. Yes, he he lived wherever there was water. <laughs> <laughs> he loved that. And what I what I failed to mention earlier was uh, the idea after ABC moved me to L.A. and then he'd come to L.A. and play out there. There was a uh, you know he'd play anywhere either. The Palomino, which was a country club, yeah. or uh, uh, the Roxy in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know, Sunset Boulevard, and uh, I've got a funny story to tell you about that. While he was playing, you know, he had come out and he had uh, uh, his stuff was get, starting to get real popular, and uh, a good friend of mine that we worked together at ABC Dunhill, his name was Bobby Applegate. He's Christina's Applegate's daddy. Wow, and uh, the movie star yeah. and the actress, and uh, he Bobby had uh, lined up uh, a gal to dress up and a, a model to dress up like Carmen Miranda. He who who uh, uh, Jimmy had written a song. They don't dance like Carmen, and she was a, anymore. And she was uh, and Carmen Miranda was a famous uh, 
like a, a, a an island Cuban kind of mm-hmm. lady, and she would dress very provocative yeah. and with fruit on top of her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. And yeah. had bananas and all this stuff <laughs> that piled up. And while while uh, uh, Jimmy was doing this at the Roxy. Here comes, it looks like Carmen Miranda, this model dressed up like Carmen Miranda, down through the tables to the stage, and he just cracked up. He thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen in his life. <laughs> and uh, uh, that was another story. Bobby Bobby and I, had uh, we planned, he, uh, Jimmy wanted to see the sunrise in California on the ocean, on the go to the beach. So at that time, I had like a 1971 VW convertible. And when the concert, uh, the show was all over, we piled in that thing and, <laughs> and drove down to the beach from Hollywood and uh, watched the sun come up. And uh, the, the three of us, Bobby, myself, and uh, Jimmy Buffett. Hey, uh, Barry, let me ask you what he was like uh, personally, you know, sitting there well, on your couch. He was everything that he sang about. You know, he was uh, a, a very... Very at that time, very nice guy, and he was, and that's what helped make him so popular, in my opinion. Anyway, he didn't, uh, you know, all the girls liked him, of course, but all the boys did too. All the young guys did too, because he wasn't threatening to them. You know, he wasn't a big. He was a rather small guy, uh, uh, cute, <laughs> you know, and he, he wasn't the best croner. He wasn't the best singer out there, and he wasn't the best musician guitar picker or anything he just he knew how to attract the audience right you know and uh uh, and abc was looking for somebody like that they had just had who 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 got killed uh, a guy by the name of jim croce oh yeah yeah. that's a whole nother subject you know but uh, they were looking for somebody to take the place of jim croce on the label and uh at that time, the president of ABC, uh, the Trinity Division, produced his album. And that's why he had great pickers. All the best natural had to offer on his uh, first three or four CDs. Wow. And that's when I always felt Jimmy was the best. It was like one-on-one with the audience. He was always one-on-one with the audience. And then, with the parrot head sensation and all this, they became so, so popular that he would start playing. You know, he started out playing by himself. You know, playing with an orchestra almost. Right. You know, he had background sing, backup singers, and horn sections, right? And yeah. all that. You know, when he showed up to play at the Woodlands, he he'd have all that, right? And uh, yeah. another story I'd like to tell everybody is, I took him to the Beverly Hills Hotel. He went from staying my house in San Francisco to staying uh, at the Beverly Hills Hotel. <laughs> you know, and we we were sitting out by the pool one day, and uh, and uh, there was a real attractive gal that kept looking over at us. She was looking at me. <laughs> I didn't even think about Jimmy. <laughs> you know, so I went over and introduced myself, and it turned out to be a Candace, uh, movie star Candace Bergen. Oh, wow. Oh, and yeah. a lady friend of hers. And we were all sitting out there drinking margaritas and, and whatever they had especially drink at that time. Uh, right. I can't even think what it was, but uh, we were inviting in a few of those. And I uh, went over, introduced myself, said hi, and she said, "Is that Jimmy Buffett over there?" And I said, "It sure is." And he said, "Bring that boy over here." You know, everybody loved Jimmy. You know, uh, yeah, because, like I said, because that's just the way he was. Yeah. Well, Barry, and I tell you what, 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 what,
we we've just about run out of time here, but I want to thank you so much for always uh, being a part of the big show. I guess this is probably your fourth time. I to, think so. Yeah, to be on here, and we, uh, you know, you're just a knowledgeable guy. You got a lot of information. I think that people just want to hear. And that's why we like well, to bring you back. So. Well, thank you. I, and I love yeah. to talk about those days. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the stories we could tell. It's just like I said, sometimes I, I do this off the top of my head, and sometimes mm-hmm. it all gets blurred together. That's good. And, oh, uh, Sounds good to me. As Country Jim would say, uh, that sounds about right, though. You know? That's, <laughs> yeah. his, that's his favorite saying when we're talking about something that we're not really sure of, but he will say yeah. to me, uh, Andy, that sounds about right. And I, we, we just kind of go on, you know, keep moving. You well, know, so. I appreciate it. It gives me an opportunity to talk about it. And as go. Jim will yeah. tell you, I love talking about those days, and I love talking about music. Yeah. Well, I'm really uh, glad to get it on the air because uh, you and I used to tell stories at the end of the bar. And, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course, you do. That's right. You know, all the stories that place could tell. Man, I tell you. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you. Well, Barry, you we're know, gonna we're gonna cut you loose, let you go, and let you uh, finish celebrating your Labor Day. It's a uh, well, I appreciate that, and uh, uh, I'm sorry to lose Jimmy Buffett. He was a he was a true the way I like to put it is he was a true treasure, treasure Americana music. Yes, you know absolutely. he uh, like I said he didn't do everything anything phenomenally, and one hell of a business entrepreneur mm-hmm. that made lots and lots of. And one thing I will tell you, and he. He he wasn't related to uh, Warren Buffett. Oh yeah, clear that up because social media. They were in business. Yeah. Uh, he he. They were in business together in several several uh, factions. You know, mm-hmm. Buffett billions of dollars uh, uh, helped Jimmy make make more money. Okay, Barry, bud. We're, we're going to have to let you go, man. And we do appreciate it. Thank you so very much, Barry, Mister Hollywood, Paul, <laughs> on the big right. show. Have a good day, bud. Thanks. You bet. Thank right. y'all very mm. much. Bye-bye. Bye. We've had the pleasure here on The Big Show of having a lot of great guests like Tony Booth, Doug Boggs, Amber Digby, Randy Lindley, Anita Campbell, Wayne Animal Turner, Alan Howie, Kevin Carter. You'll find these episodes on all major podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so many more. And remember to follow us and share with everybody that you know. We'll see y'all on another one. And we will see y'all on another one. And adios, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Big Show with Andy Gallo and Country Jim. This has been a Unicap Media presentation.